This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. Welcome to the Educational Triage Podcast, people. This week, we are talking about being a phoenix in education. So what does that mean? If you think about it, we go into the first part of the year, young, bright, and fresh, feeling really, really, really positive and generous about the year. And by this time, we drag our decrepit corpses through the door and try to make good for the last few days of school. So how do we make this a much easier plan when we come back in the fall so that we can be better prepared and armed and have fewer worries over the summer. So what say you, Philip? I say aloha. It's good to be here and talk about that <laughs> stuff because I've been running into that. It's like, yeah, uh, the end of the year is hard to deal with. It's sort of, it, depending on your stage of life, it's especially hard for the seniors because they just want to get gone in high school. Right. Juniors are like, they want to get gone too, but realize that they have a whole nother year. Um, but it's really a drag on, on everybody coined at the end of the year. And then you go into the summertime and I always sort of found that I could rejuvenate kind of quick. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, once I had my back toward the school year and then, um, yeah, to start to kind of rebuild my learning desire. And then that starts and I start gathering more info and I, I, I purposely forget about school yeah yeah well it's it it's healthy to be able to forget about it but in the meantime while we're cleaning everything up for the year because many of us have to change classrooms many of us have uh -huh. to do you know end of the year tasks so what is it that we can do and so that's what today is about it's a mm -hmm. proactive kind of thing that we can do to start off thinking more positively about next year and being able to let things go during the summer, knowing that we can take care of what we need to take care of. This is also good for your mental health and basically allows you to just go completely limp at the end of the year until you do reach full pumpacity. Is that a word? Pumpacity? Pumpacity? Where you get pumped up with life. Oh, pumpacity. P-U-M-P. No. Pumpacity, yeah. Pumpiosity. <laughs> What's pumpiosity? That's the correct way to make pump. No. <laughs> state of mind. <laughs> You're right, though. I hadn't thought about some people have to move rooms. Um, yeah. Oh, 
oh, that's just a drag, which really helps uh, if you're organized to, you know, when that move comes, it's really handy if your file cabinet is piled up. Because <laughs> that's half Seriously. the station. Yeah. Is stuff so, what, so one thing, the first the first element that I think that we need to take a look at, and this is something that will actually help bring some people back and do a little bit of reviving for them mm-hmm. and maybe take some of that exhaustion off of their teacup. And that would be thinking about what actually worked this year. What are some of the, what are some of the strategies? What are some of the lessons? What are some of the projects, whatever, what actually worked this year? So if yeah. you think about what plans you have, and if you make out lists, sometimes some people like to do like a mind map. Some of you might want to write it down. However, whatever works, what actually worked this year? So if you start from the beginning of the year and make your way through and think about what actually did work and why did it work? What are some things that made that work? And so it takes you out of the present and puts you into this other realm. So you're not focused on all the ishy whatnots that you have to deal with right now. Ishy whatnots. Yeah. And then what tweaks do you have? What tweaks did you use? What tweaks do you think that you should have had? And maybe put those into a little pile somewhere. We're talking about curriculum, classroom procedure, yeah. and or both. I'm talking everything, everything, um, classroom procedure, curriculum, lesson plans. Ooh, yeah. You know, Passes. I was, I, <laughs> I, I've been talking to some of my former t- students, yeah. you know, because they, they do call me, they do come by and, or text me and they have, they, I said, what went right? when I was teaching you and they said, well, we had a huge classroom. And I said, yeah, there were 38, 42 kids. And they said, and I said, what worked for you as students? And they said, well, we, we ran to your class because even though we told you how much we hated you, it was like the best class. And I thought, well, well, what made it that? And they said, because you talked to us and you were real and they said, you know, you made sure that we all understood what was going on. And you didn't offer us a lot of homework and you worked with us. And I said, okay, but what worked for you? Because I, I really worked you hard. And they said, yeah, we hated you. But the next year, life was so much simpler. And I thought, okay, fine. So it was just, you know, talking to the kids and just working with them and just Mm -hmm. building that community. It's all about the relationship, right? Yeah, it seems to be. And when we talked to Tara Garcia Matthewson from Heckinger Report, when we talked to Joe McQueen, it's all about relationships. Everybody we talked to, it's all about building those relationships. And it's got to be a real relationship. It cannot yeah. be, it cannot be full of artifice. It's it's really a, for some reason I'm kind of blessed with the authenticity. <laughs> I guess I I'm authentically listening to the student, and it shows because I, 
you're saying, you know, uh, people Tara from Hedinger and Joe McQueen and all, they say the same thing. And it's like, I was in a classroom today and I got tagged for being the best sub. And so I said, Hey, okay, that's really cool. I started talking. I go, so what, what makes me the best sub out of curiosity? And it's because, because you treat us like people and you listen to what we have to say. And I just, dang, dude, God, citation, page one, book one, line one. That's the essence Mm -hmm. of it all. It's just because you treat us like people and you listen to what we say. And I'm just. And you don't leave people in the dust. No, I don't. It's like, yeah, he says you're real. Thank you. Right. Because if they're not getting it, they're not getting it. And that's on you. Yeah, basically. I feel that. And so I'm, if I'm struggling, I'll let them know I'm struggling to get this to you. So help, help me come back at it. And they like that. It, it's hard. Though. Yeah. It's really hard. It can be. Yeah. It well, can so, be. So much energy, you know. And yeah. It's, but I really love it. Especially if you, you know, can't really quite get in there. And it's like, oh, how do I get another approach on this? <laughs> yeah. Because you get a lot more from that relationship than you do when you're foisting something really heavy duty on the yeah. students, right? Yeah, I mean the content is always secondary as far as I'm concerned. Well, the content's important, but in the first, yeah. but if you don't make the connection with re- the student, then you can't really get to the depth of the content, and so you have to establish that right away. I mean, it only takes maybe a few right. minutes, but. Yeah, you may not even talk about the content. You go now. We got to do the work thing. <laughs> like, oh, I go no. We got it. That's why we're here. Yeah. And then they, okay. So yeah, I like to do that. That's why we're here. If we don't do that, then what else are we doing here? <laughs> well, you establish a relationship and a rapport with the students within the first five twenty minutes, five yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, and then after that, if you've done it right, they'll follow you into all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know that they they even text you about that. I hated you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then they thanked me because the next year everything was so much easier. And then when they went to college, they said, do you realize that I still, this is them speaking. Do you realize we still use the same things that you taught us in sophomore English? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, writing papers is so easy now. Thank you. Nice. So that's a compliment times 10 because for the thank you, but yeah. Wow. Giving them something like that and having them. Know that, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I think that if we can instill confidence in students and let them know that they are capable of doing these things. And sometimes you just have to drop kick them into there. Not literally, but <laughs> here's what happened. I told the students, I said, okay, according to the curriculum dictates, I need to teach you grammar. Oh, no, no, no. And I said, can everybody tell me what a noun is? And they all just kind of looked at me and I said, anything with a name. Anything that has to be named, like wind, counter, anything like that. Bob. (laughs) He's a proper noun. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but they, um, they just, they fought me on it. And I said, okay, so we won't do grammar 
because obviously you already know the grammar. And they said, yeah, we do. And I said, well, good, because you've been taught it since first grade. So here you are, 10th grade. That's nine years you've had grammar. So now you're going to put that into practice. And all of a sudden they went white. <laughs> and I said, why do you look so scared? And I said, you said that you know this stuff. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to start writing papers. And what's going to happen is I'm going to assign you a paper a week. We're still going to do our other things. But, you know, I don't assign much homework. But you will be given a, a paper a week. We'll go through the same processes that we do. But when I receive your paper, I will go. And when I hit the fifth mistake, I will draw a line across the page and I will stop reading and I will hand it back to you. They said, are you going to mark down where our mistakes are? And I said, why would I do that? You already know them. You already know your grammar. You already know how to write. You told me that you that that would be pointless. So I'm not going to do that. So maybe you want to get together with some other people just to make sure. And so they were furious. Some of them had like seven or eight rewrites that they had to do. So they were cycling all these papers constantly. <laughs> they hate that. And they said it was the worst thing that they had to do. But it made them more conscientious about what it was that they were writing. Made them more aware. They worked with each other. It really, it got them going. And then there were some that just had such a hard time, and I gave them an incomplete. It did and I something. said, get me those I wanna, papers. I want to back you up a little bit here. It okay. did something for them that is a huge gift. It broke up the I'm going to check the box and move on mentality. It was that, what? I have to do this again? Yes. Again? Yep. Yes. And uh -huh. again until it's right? Yes. And that's the way the world kind of works. But they've learned to check boxes. Okay, part two. Okay, now part three, go. You know, it's like, uh, -uh no, 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 no. The skill is what we're after here. And it really, because college is like that. And they don't get a lot of that till they get to college. That right. progress and that outcome-based thing. Yeah. So you and gave so, them a huge outlet or a huge tool to use in college. Yeah. Well, somebody, one of them looked at me and said, why are you doing this to us? And I said, <laughs> because you can. Yep. Somebody has to, as will be me. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not trying to put a feather in my cap. It's, it, it was just as surprising to me, but that's how we learn, right? I mean, yeah. we try things, we we challenge the students. As Joe said, you set the bar high and they will meet it. If you have the right relationship, they will strive to meet that bar. Yep. So, so what is it that you have done this year that has helped us help to build that relationship and get those bars high? Or what can you do next year in order to work on that? And so, mm -hmm. you know, these are just things that you can mull around and content. It doesn't matter what book you're teaching or whatever. No. You'll get that. I mean, that'll come to you if you're an English teacher. If you're teaching biology, you already know that you have to do the cells. What are some other ways that you can find that maybe some kind of kinesthetic work that kids can do in the classroom in order to create a cell? Well, like you make kids vacuoles. You, <clears throat> yeah. you put kids in 
groups and make them vacuoles. And you have the, I want to say mitochondria. Yep, that's another one. I wasn't planning oh, on doing this. Today. And the gamma. Oh, yeah, yep, let's go. <laughs> put all that stuff together and, and just kind together. of figure it out. Yeah, sometimes you know, what I'll do sometimes even games when I'm when I'm cleaning out, yeah, or going to a a garage sale or something, I'll see something and it'll click. Whoa, I want that for my classroom. Uh-huh. Or you know, like there was this craft sale and it was a bunch of stuff, but it was instantaneously like I think I can use that in all kinds of places, and so I just grabbed it up. I'm always looking. That's one of the things I wanted to mention today about um, when you go and rise up from the ashes during the summer is um, I'm always looking for things to learn. And it's like, I'm on a mission to find cool stuff to bring to the classroom. Uh So once my mind starts actively getting engaged again, I am just constantly scouring for new curriculum, new ideas, things that come to me. But also ask the students for ideas. Yeah. Well, you yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a survey at the end of, let's say that you teach a one semester class, or maybe it's an all year class. Give them a give them a survey to fill out, and it can be anonymous. And just say, what worked for you? What would you like to do in this class aside from having cookies and chips and movies every day? Cancelate. <laughs> That's out of the question. What would be some things that we could incorporate in here that you think would make this more relevant, more fun, and maybe you would have appreciated being able to do? I try to initiate conversations back when I had a classroom. We talk about that. You know, what just I'd, I'd, I'd start steering it that way if we started speaking about things and getting kind of like uh-huh. uh, closer as a group, you know, and the time was right. I'd say, so what do you guys want to learn? I mean, what do you think about this? What, would you have done anything differently? Um, what, what was the best thing that you got from this? You know, the, and the, it's really kind of cool. They'll tell you, you know, anonymously if they feel they trust the circle of trust. You know, they, that's right. There, but yeah. that's, but that's why I said do a survey. Yeah, the survey is nice, but that's sort of oh, more writing. But when you really get into a good conversation, you can. Kids well, they can do it on their Chromebooks creative. or on their phones. Oh, but when you ask them in the right moments. Well, you have them do the, the right survey idea. first. Yeah, that might be. Do the survey first, then you have the conversation. Well, don't join them at all. Just get the information both ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't make one the other and the other one. Just go, okay, I'll talk to you and give you a survey. But you'll get better. At well, the reason why I'm saying do the survey first is because you're going to have those students who don't feel comfortable speaking out in a group. Well, it's, a, it's an and organic group happening. You, you have to watch for those organic group happenings. That's a conversation. Right. In a but you're still going to have people that may not feel. Yeah. You still might have those people that may not feel comfortable putting anything out there. And they may have some I'm incredible kernels. Four or five. I'm talking about okay. intimate groups of four or five students at a time. Or even if you've got a shy student. A quiet conversation with them if the, mo- the mood's right. I'm talking about the conscious okay. contact with the human, like, right. you know, when you're clicking and it's going, yeah, well, you know, I've been thinking about this, and you get them in an authentic mood. 
they don't think it's like, oh, I have to come up with an idea for a survey. They go, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this now that you mentioned it. And it's like, yeah, do tell. <laughs> and if you get like four or five kids together, it's a manageable group. And if you get a kid who's so shy, you know, maybe get them later and say, I'm really interested. Do you have any ideas? And then sometimes they won't say anything, but that's a really shy kid. But you can usually get every kid to get authentic that way. And then do the surveys, of course, but always be conscious of what your kids are kind of like driving with and when the mood's right go hey, yeah yeah let's, let's i want to ask you a serious question you know, how do you like my teaching <laughs> it's kind of weird to ask kids and if under the right pretense they'll tell you really constructive uh, it, hopefully it'll be constructive well and if it's not i'm listening unless it's like name calling we all know that's not worth it yeah uh, right kids are funny that way they are <laughs> They are. They they legitimately have a good point. They just put it really badly sometimes. <laughs> like, come here, Mr. Selzo, screw you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <let's> <laughs> why you're angry. Not that you're angry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, I don't want people to think that we're just, you know, back crazy, but <laughs> I'm thinking what kinds of what kinds of field trips can you do? I mean, if you know what your budget is, what would be something that's coming up? I mean, you can always take a look at the schedule for a year in advance and you can take a look at these things. But I think what I, what the goal of this episode was, was to take our tired, overburdened selves and look back kind of like the old couple on the, on the front porch in their rockers and just kind of looking out and just reminiscing about the year and thinking, you know, how did this year go? Where did I go wrong? Where did I go right? What could I do that might have had a better impact? And how could I have saved money? <laughs> because we all know that teachers are buying so many supplies. I was going to say, or how do I spend money? No, um, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about maybe and things. Get, get those in early, get those ideas in early so you can get the budget money anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, Plan and think about confer Plan conferences, yeah. conferences might be just uh, go to one conference. If you're alternative ed, take a look. Find out who is in charge of alternative ed for your state and find out if there's a state organization. Chances are there may be one and there will be a conference. Yeah. So, because I know that so many people aren't even aware that there is a state organization where they can learn a lot more, where they can find more people, get more ideas. Um, and just doing that and just going out and doing better professional development than what's handed to you in the building. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The pro dev so you always lacking is concerning depth, but the conferences really sometimes can start a real good journey. You can get yeah. into something, find something, and then that can last for years. But you also make connections. Uh, with like-minded yeah. people. And so you are able to ping things off of other people. You learn ideas. You're able to 
you're able to gin up your game and get it going because, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about something like that. Or maybe you can work with somebody else on a project that you're both looking at and you can compare notes. Um, maybe there is, maybe you live close to a state border and it's easier for you to get to that state's alternative ed conference or teacher's conference than your own state's. I mean, it really doesn't make, yeah, the laws and the rules might be a little bit different, but still, it's about proximity and access for yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. If that's what you're looking for is the conferences and the places that you want to go to, yeah. Well, if you think about what you get out of conferences, you get a whole lot more than what you get from sitting at school, listening to people who've never set foot in the classroom in 10 years, or you have your principal or somebody trying to explain to you different kinds of activities that they have no idea what they're talking about. Two hours from now, they're going to forget that they even said anything about it. It was always like at school, it was the pet policy and the procedure that they liked. But when you go to the conference, it's wide open, you know, it's, it is it's so much more information. And, and as I said, you know, once you get into something and that something that really interests you, then the network of that opens up and the knowledge base. And then of course it's got some, you know, that speaker had so many things behind them. <laughs> it's like, well, now you're just starting your journey there. So there's a lot of places to go. Um, there's a lot of curriculum too. You can actually pick up like yeah. physical curriculum from or at least the ideas for, you know, putting together a unit, pretty considerable, you know. And, they, yeah. and they're usually quite available. Yeah. And, yeah. and you should be able to be able to separate the vendors mm-hmm. from the people that are there just because they want to, they want to share what they have. Right. Yeah, it's the place to be seen um, if you think you've got that. Right. I mean, I remember it was years ago at the National High School Conference. Mm-hmm. You and I were both presenters there. Ah. And I walked into breakfast one morning and this guy came over and he said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And he said, I have a teacher who went to your presentation. And this is what they told me because we're having some issues. And I said, well, what did they say? And they said, well, they said that you said an alternative ad that it was just footloose and fancy free, that there were no, there were no boundaries. And I said, I don't know who she was listening to, but she was not <laughs> listening to me because you do, you have, you have to have set and stride rules that are there that are all agreed upon at the very beginning. And sometimes it's best to have everybody create those together. Cause I always have the students create those. Um, and then you have them to follow and what you're giving this. And yeah, maybe you are more fluid with the curriculum. Maybe you're it, depending on what kind of class that you're running, because Mm -hmm. if you're doing like a one room schoolhouse, you're going to have different people working on different pieces. Footloose. A different curriculum. That, that, that was the word, huh? But 
foot loose and fancy free. Jeez, man. It was something That's... akin to that. It's been it's I, been I, so long. I know you well enough to know that was the impression they got, not the impression you gave. <laughs> because it's just like I don't actually you may have said footloose, but I think the context was very specific because it is rather a you know footloose. It's like I, it doesn't have a lot of structure to the system that's footloose. <laughs> right. Yeah. So after an hour's worth of conversation. Yeah. He left and he felt much better. I bet. <laughs> and he said, okay, we're going to have a conversation because now I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Because I was presenting the same things that that day that I had presented at a previous conference. Yeah. And so he understood what I was talking about. We went through everything. So uh, I didn't hear from that person again. I did have somebody call me and they said, can I come in and visit you and see what goes on in your school? And I said, sure. So they came over and they were there and they said, I'd love to take some curriculum. And I said, okay, well, I can give you these pieces. Why don't you go through my, go through the file cabinet and just take out like maybe one example of each that you think that you can have. This woman started taking out entire files so be that. careful what be careful when you tell people to go through your files and take what they want. They will they <laughs> and I had the best secretary that and she looked at me and she said, You need to tell them to stop. And I went in there and I said, No. Yeah, no kidding. It's a sample. So that's not your complete year there. <laughs> they were a little upset with me, but um they went on their merry way. Okay. So, but, you know, I always found different ways to jazz everything up. Like, we, I knew that we were going to study mythology. So I came up with the 12 Olympi, the 12 Greeks or gods of Olympus. Mm -hmm. And I, so that the students could sing it. And it was to the tune of the 12 Days of Christmas. Oh my gosh, you did that. That's cool. That helps. Too. So it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's and like the, students, the galaxy song by Monty Python. That's how I know the dimensions of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it was a lot of fun. It and is. so if you could think of creative things that you can do, <laughs> sorry, I have allergies. If you think about things that you can do with the students that gets them going and because if it's different, they're going to like it. Yeah. You don't want too different. Well, yeah, there's certain things that are different, but they're beautiful, like making songs out of things. Always yeah. make something a project if you could do it. Hands on, hands on, hands on, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I told them that they had to present it in their group. Yeah. However, they presented it was up to them. So it was nobody having to sing solo. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that, that's so good. They, so they got creative. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. But I could it, never it, do that. Make song it's, it started off the mythology unit really, really well. Yeah, that's, that's excellent foundational knowledge now they know who the heck they're talking about and why they're talking about them which is a skill that they get everywhere anyway too 
too. So right, and then we talked about world mythologies, and we got into that because if they had the basis of one, then they could compare them to others. Yeah, there's one project I came across lately: create your own state. <laughs> you know, oh, cool. What, what's your government look like? What What's your flag look like? Do you have a president? Do you have two presidents? What do you have? Yeah, it, they kind of get crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, that really is. It is. It's they really get going on it. I said you can't use Truly. Fredonia. <laughs> 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 and then I explained who Groucho Marx was. <laughs> All they know what is was... an emoji. Everybody, this the generation today only knows Groucho Marx in the form of an emoji. <laughs> what was what was the Grand Duck? Duchy in the Leonard Wiverly books. The Grand, Grand Fenwick. Grand Fenwick. Oh, Grand Fenwick. The mouse that roared. Oh, the mouse what? that roared and the mouse on the moon. Grand Fenwick, yeah. The Rufus T. Firefly was the uh, president of Fredonia. That's <laughs> yes. trivial knowledge. <laughs> I forgot all about that because when you talked about it, I thought, oh, I know that, but I'm not sure where Let's that see. came from. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be kind of fun to show them a couple of clips from that. I do. I do. I say he's the king of the insults, you know, like uh, I, I'll never forget a face, but in your case, I'll make an exception. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So things just to think about so that when you come back in the fall, you feel a little more revived and a little more excited rather than, the dull, dishwatery kind of. And if you feel that way at the beginning of the year, find another career. Because <laughs> if you are not rejuvenated, I, I yeah, I, all teachers are sort of like amped up. I think, well, I think school. not, well, I don't they're, know. I'd be irritated. I I was always ready for it. It's exciting. It may get it may get old quick, <laughs> but I was always like ready for my new ideas, ready for to try things out, things like that. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking because when we came back for orientation week, or whatever they teacher preparation, whatever that yeah. week is called, they tend to cram in so many meetings that you have very little time to prep. And so the pressure is on. So I'm just thinking, let's be a little more proactive and let's get some stuff on the books now that we can start fumbling around with so that when we leave, we have something there. So when we come back in the fall, we have, let's say we have the first week, the first two weeks already planned out. And that introduction that first couple of days of school when you're trying to set the right climate, I always had to kind of like focus on that. You know, that's kind of not natural for me to do, to, to set down sort of an attitude of this is the way it's going to be. And we got to, you know, and, and, but do it because I like to things have, have to things be organic, but you do have to set that tone quickly, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're not, you know, set the tone as I'm in charge and you're not just the tone that, there are things we have to do <laughs> and, and we uh-huh. take them seriously. Well, well, here's something else that maybe you want to do. And that is get to know your students. How do you get to know them? 
Yeah. There was something that I heard somebody talking about, and it's about creating maps of your students. Ooh, and like so that. you have, so maybe you get a scrapbook for each class and you have a page for each student. So every time you learn something new about that student, you put, you, you write something down. So you're constantly learning something new about that student and you're keeping it there. So let's say that conference time is coming up. You don't just want to talk about everything in the classroom because that's kind of boring. So you have the scrapbook and you look at it and you say, okay, so Matthew's family's coming in. So let me see, what is what is it about Matthew? Oh, there we go. Or maybe it's just something you want to talk to him about and or, you know, anybody in your class. And you have a better background because if you're like me, it's easy to forget everything until somebody prompts you. And sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I wish I had remembered that. But you have it right there in front of you. So a student map, what are their goals? What what do they like? What what sorts of things? Yeah, and that I mean, way you help build that relationship. You just gave me an idea, actually, because I, I always had a hard time with those intro activities. You know, uh -huh. like, okay, what's your favorite animal? What's your favorite color? It's like a lot of people don't want to do that. However, you want to understand those people and have them express who they are. So like, like maybe like you were a, a, an album cover or an album page, but have them create something on whiteboards, drawings, something. Uh, I was thinking of a tombstone, which is terrible, but what would be on your tombstone? <laughs> what inscription do you want on your tombstone? There's been I think they found, I think several years ago that people found that very problematic because they found it rather morbid. Yeah, it is the thing about it is is I wouldn't probably use it because it's sensitive. But some, you know, like I think WC Fields said I told you I was sick. That's <laughs> on his tombstone. <laughs> oh no, that's I think it I think that's oh Jack Benny said that. Oh maybe. Oh I uh WC Fields had all in all I'd rather be in Philadelphia. That's what it says on his. I know, it's crazy, but so you'd have to have a everyone with a sense of humor, but you could pick something, you know, like express yourself. Yeah. It'd have to be, yeah. they'd have to invest in it, want to invest in it and feel safe investing in that sort of thing. But you Definitely. could learn a lot and maybe, maybe it would be quite a thing. You know, they would start adding to each other's, but who knows? I, I always had a hard time with that. And I always looked them up in a book and they always were awful. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. But that's something I would think about probably a lot going through the class. It's important. No, I think I think it's a great idea. Like, how would you introduce yourself to somebody and you couldn't use your words? Perfect. What four objects would you give them that would tell them a ton about you or something? Yeah. There you go. God, see, we're just, we're just going along. Yeah. For <laughs> appropriate objects. Well, yeah, skateboard, baseball bat, dancing shoes. Right. Well, I'm just thinking you're gonna get you're gonna get a couple of kids in there that are gonna take advantage of it and they're gonna use really inappropriate objects. <laughs> you know, it's like Beavis and Butthead. I'll say thank you. Are you Beavis or are you Butthead? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, some guy did that on the board, wrote something gross, and I go, This better be good graffiti, because if it's just lazy bad graffiti, 
I go, oh, it's lazy bad graffiti. It's gone. Go, it's not creative enough. You just reminded me of something. I told my students, this is in that same sophomore class. <laughs> I used to tell them, what is going on with you guys today? They'd say, nothing. Because they were just kind of like getting out of hand. And I just was taking really deep, deep breaths. And <laughs> this was this was a this was a time in my life that I was also having to deal with my mother had dementia. And so I was, I, this was when she, we are going through her commitment and everything. And so there was, there was a lot on my shoulders outside of work as well as working with these guys. So I was taking these really deep breaths and I said, Oh gosh. And they said, you're not angry. And I said, I just want to put you in a jar and not poke holes in the lid and just <laughs> shake it. <laughs> and one of the kids said, that's really violent. I said, if I poked holes in the lid, it would be bloody. <laughs> it would be bloody. It would be worse. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. And it's like, and if you and think so, that that's real humor, then you don't understand comedy. <laughs> they... And they just thought that was the funniest thing. And so yeah. one day, one day I couldn't be there, but I forgot something. And I ran into the room really quickly because I had to share a room. <laughs> and I ran into the room and the kids are just staring at me and they start laughing. And I said, what is so funny? And the sub looked at me and said, well, they had a little surprise waiting for you because they didn't know that you weren't going to be here today. And I said, oh, really? Like what? They said, turn around. One of the kids had drawn a picture of me with a jar. <laughs> and it said, get in here because I'm going to shake you up. I'm going to get in here because I'm going to shake you up. And I thought that was so funny. Oh, that is so, so funny. So on that note, though, building the relationships with the kids, having them put input into what it is that they're doing. Yeah. Are you doing it? Are you are you are you going to be testing them with a scantron or do you really want to know what they know and you're going to test them in another method whether it be an essay test, whether it be some form where they can express what the answers are. And it's not a fill in the dot. Scantrons are traumatic for me to think about actually i wouldn't use one if i had a use for one <laughs> or even the abc pick pick out of the abcs you know any of those are we going for comprehension or are we going for something that just satisfies and makes it easy for us to grade yeah it's kind of crazy that way i want kids to learn definitely i do I just okay <laughs> I think it's time for us to say sayonara. Better. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. But also, remember to subscribe. Remember to share us. Remember that we're also on YouTube. And so, if you don't want to watch the entire lengthy podcast, you can usually find it clipped in a shorter version on YouTube. Yes. Okay. But the good so stuff is will... a longer version. <laughs> that. That's right, because you get the whole shebang. Get our, so. yeah, get our diatribes and okay. diversions. <laughs> That's another one. Shake so, them up, diatribes and diversions. <laughs> okay, so until next week, Hello. goodbye.